Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. I'm Rabbi David Lyon from Congregation Beth Israel in Houston. I want to share with you today about a man named the Bratzlover. It's not a name that you need to remember, but he taught and studied and inspired in the 18th and 19th century. He was a rabbi, a chassid, one who emphasized close and personal relationships with God, and in so doing, affected a means of helping us to understand how to relate to each other so that we could find ourselves in good stead before God, too. He had much to say about a very important relationship that can often go afoul between human beings, especially in this age of polarization and discord between people of different minds and opinions. We would do well to take a hint, a cue from the Bratzlover to understand how to approach each other, especially in public, when we have something we need to share without shame. He said, One who shames another person becomes foolish and forgetful. It is his first way of acknowledging that when we bring shame upon another person, we become foolish, we act in ways that don't represent or reflect well on us, the kind of person and humanity that we can really strive to embrace and demonstrate. Far from taking the high road, when we shame another person, we look like the fool. And he said we become forgetful too, because shame is often wrapped up in lies. And when we tell too many lies, we have to remember the lies that we told. Remember that when we tell the truth, you never have to really remember what you said. It was true. You don't have to follow after it and pick up the pieces. Second, he taught that leaders who pay to secure their positions deserve no respect. There are people in our midst who pay their way. They pay the high price, and then people come running after them to honor and award them. There's nothing wrong with philanthropy. It's a beautiful way to give of your riches to benefit the community around. But if it's an obvious quid pro quo, forgive me for using that term in such a a hot season, but it is that manner in which we give in order to get that does not afford us the kind of respect we wish to receive naturally and by extension of our giving by way of the public. Third, he taught, it's better not to obey a commandment in the Torah than to shame another person. Very important statement by the Bratzlover, because every commandment in the Torah, 613 of them in fact, are so important that a very observant Jewish person would live by them as closely as possible. But if doing them, one, might bring shame upon another person by pointing out a wrong or highlighting a transgression in his company, then we would do better not to perform the commandment in the Torah in order to prevent shame occurring to another person. 
You can read between the lines and hear the effort that's made to be sure that human dignity is constantly preserved, whether we have something positive to say or even something constructively critical. The next thing he taught was, you are shamed when you have been guilty of rejoicing in another person's trouble. It's not nice. It's not dignified to take pleasure in someone else's trouble. It brings shame upon us. It doesn't reflect well on who we really can be when we take the high road and live by the highest faith values in our own traditions. There is a way sometimes that people clap when you drop the platter in the cafeteria or trip on the stoop and fall to the ground. I've seen it in high school. I've seen it among adults, too. It always makes me uncomfortable because I know the teaching and understand that when a person finds himself or herself in trouble, the last thing he or she needs is someone to point it out or to flaunt it and make light of it. The next teaching he offers is trustfulness will prevent shame. When we trust another person, when we do well to afford us a compliment and thanks, but also when we stumble and feel very vulnerable, if we trust people around us, we don't have to worry about being shamed in that moment. It says something about the kind of community that we want to enter and be a part of, the kind of friendship circle we want to build around us. If we can be at our best and even at our worst, if we can't help ourselves, and yet feel that we are in a trusted environment, that we never have to feel that we will ever be shamed in front of them. What a wonderful feeling. What a wonderful aspiration. He also taught, one who robs the poor will be disgraced. For sure, it sounds so obvious, but maybe not to those who take a little off the top or skim around the edges, because there are other people who may depend on and rely on what you've just taken. Even if you think it was a little, it might be a lot to somebody else. If we're honest and truthful about all, then we don't have to remember and we don't have to worry that what we need and what we're due might also come to us. He also taught, God published for contempt of lawful authority. What he meant by this is that we don't want our public officials to take the law into their own hands. And ultimately, even if the law doesn't provide the kind of justice we want today or immediately, there is kind of a law of the land that is the law of our faith traditions, that provides for us some confidence that eventually in time, justice will come. And so if somebody wants to act badly and break the laws that really provide civility in our community, maybe justice won't follow immediately, and that might make us upset. But if we can swallow hard and be patient, we'll see that God's law will hold such people accountable. He also taught, when you hear your friend tell an untruth, don't shame him. Give him a hint instead. I actually love this one, because sometimes when we're in the company of others, and especially with a friend, a neighbor whom we know, even a stranger, truthfully, 
If that person tells an untruth, knowingly or unknowingly, it isn't ours to shame him or to point it out, to highlight the error in judgment. Rather, give a hint. It preserves his dignity and also yours. Two wrongs don't make a right, and just because he said something untruthful doesn't mean that you have the right to call him out on it and to shame him in public. Give him a hint. Everybody will know the difference, and perhaps if he is a keen listener, an observer will come to understand too. Next, the Bratislaver teaches, he who feels shame does not sin easily. It's true. All of us stumble. All of us make a mistake in judgment from time to time. We're only human. But those of us who truly understand what shame feels like will avoid a sin, will avoid the unnecessary stumble and try to do our very best. So if we know that we are people who know what remorse feels like and want to avoid shame, we won't sin easily, and we don't have to be afraid that we will. Someone once asked me in my office, how do I help myself from making a mistake? He said, I I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to sin. I wanted to say to him, then don't. Because truthfully, what the Bratislava offers is, is that one who understands the difference between right and wrong will make every effort to do the right thing. And if wrong does occur, it isn't a great sin and can certainly be overcome. I'm Rabbi David Lyon from Congregation Beth Israel in Houston. And if you'd like to listen again or share this program with someone, please do. Go to Sunny99.com and find my podcast called Heart to Heart with Rabbi Lyon or download the iHeartRadio app to your phone or tablet. But before we finish, there is still one more teaching that the Bratzlover offered, bringing our total to ten. He said, Shaming another in public is like shedding his blood. What he means by this is that truly the word that describes shame, embarrassment in Hebrew, is a word that suggests that the face has gone completely white. Because when you do embarrass somebody and bring shame upon them, they can go pale with horror that you've pointed out something that everybody else observes in him and he can't do anything about because you're right and he's wrong. But our goal is not to shed his blood, so to speak, that the blood would go draining from his face and he would turn pale white in front of everybody. That's not our goal. That's not our point, to hold somebody out in the public, to draw attention to him, to bring embarrassment and shame. Better to help him avoid sinning at all. Better to reveal a hint to better behavior. Better to let him know that God is the ultimate judge. Better to help him know that it isn't okay to rob a little from around the corners. Better to let him know that trustfulness in the future will prevent any shame, whether he brings it on himself or by others. Better he should know that we don't want to rejoice in the shame or the trouble of others. Better to know that we would go so far as to avoid doing a commandment in the Torah to avoid shaming another person. And better he should know that we don't want to earn our respect the wrong way. We should earn it not by paying our way through, but by doing the deeds that all people respect. And finally, we should help him understand that when we do shame another person, we are the ones who become foolish 
and forgetful too. It is all about our deeds, and really, if we can get a grip on ourselves and embrace our very best soulful traits, then we can rise to the occasion wherever we find ourselves, and especially in the front of somebody who's doing it wrong, who's creating the nuisance, who's being untrustworthy. It isn't ours to point the complete spotlight on him, but rather to hint, to provide a law, to provide God's way, to help that person to know better and to do better in the future. Our community depends on it. Our society depends on it. Our nation needs it now because the kinds of behavior that we observe among all people in politics, in civil life, and around the community concerns many of us about how we deal not only with the things that we agree on, but even more so with the things that we don't disagree on and we have trouble engaging in conversation about to arrive at places where we can know greater peace. Perhaps the Bratzlover had it right when he said to himself and taught us that if we can get the relationship between us going in the right direction, we can even feel closer to God because we brought everybody not just closer to God, but closer to their best selves. And when we're behaving better, we feel grateful, we feel fortunate, and as a result, we even express our thanks to God for helping us to enjoy a good day, to enjoy the good company of our neighbors, our family members, our co-workers, and ultimately, there is indeed greater peace. I've taught you before that the word shalom means peace, but it's also a word that means wholeness and completeness. If helping ourselves and others to overcome shame and without calling people out can bring a sense of peace to us and our relationships, then there is a sense of wholeness and completeness that is very important. And I think the greatest measure of it, whether we really have shalom, is if we can lie down at night put our head on our pillows and know that we did the best that we could that day without regret. And the opportunity to wake up in the morning is also a gift from God and a reason to thank God in the morning for the privilege of a new day to bring goodness, wholeness, and peace, not only to ourselves, but to those who are touched by our lives. And maybe it's at this particular season of all the holidays that each respective faith tradition observes that we can find ways to see in each other not the differences, but the similarities. We're all human. We all have vulnerabilities. Perhaps if we can be vulnerable with each other, we'll also be able to bring each other up, away from trouble, away from scorn and sin, and certainly without shaming each other. If we can do it, I have every confidence that we'll find greater peace and wholeness too. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to being with you again next time and helping each other over the obstacles in our life so that we can get on with the best life that each of us might know. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.